0: Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're grateful that you're here. If you're a visitor here, we want you to know that uh, you're welcome. We hope you found a good parking spot, and uh, we're welcome as you came in the church. Uh, We've got a number of great services throughout this season, Uh, a number of special services that happen at 11. Um, I'm a big baseball fan, and the only thing better than going to a baseball game is going to a doubleheader of a baseball game. And I encourage you in December to see as much worship as you can in both services. They're both, both services are going to be neat uh, throughout this season. Um, just a couple of announcements. We uh, adults do not meet on Sunday nights th- until the end of the year. If you have a friend that you think th- that goes regularly to that class, last week was our last class, if you don't think they look at their email much, And they would be likely to come if you'll make sure- we're going to reach out, but if you'll make sure that um, they're aware of that. Um, We typically provide a copy of the sermon every Sunday. I try to do that for um, people that are hard of hearing. or. can't see as well um, but the printer jammed this morning and I've been here too short a time to know how to fix the printer Um, but I will learn that lesson tomorrow and then uh, be able to fix that in the future. Um, The good news of the week is last year on consecration Sunday we had 82 uh, pledges for the coming year. Last week we had 136 which I'm sure yeah let's clap it up. (laughs) Which I'm sure is in part due to how detailed the whole system was, that a number of people who came in later in the season came now. But I know that it's also because we have new people that are committing to being part of our family uh, for next year and committing financially. And I encourage you, if you haven't done it yet, um, to make sure that you do that for the coming year. It's important to what we're trying to do for this church and for the community. I believe that is uh, all the announcements. Um, today's a special day. We're um, uh, doing Hanging of the Greens, so you'll see the service, the, the space change entirely um, by the end of the service, and we're grateful for our families that have committed uh, to leading us in this service. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. Please stand as you're able for our introduction to the service. How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the King? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of the eternal Christ? How shall we prepare this house for the coming of our Savior? shall we prepare our hearts for the coming of the Son of God? For God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Please be seated.
1: where stay
0: God will send a righteous king. Jeremiah 23, verses 5 through 6. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David
2: a righteous branch. And he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his day, Judah will be saved, and Israel
0: will live in safety. And this is the name. By which he will be called.
2: The Lord is our righteousness.
3: In ancient times, the cedar was revered as the tree of royalty. It also signified immortality and was used for purification. We place this cedar branch as a sign of Christ, who reigns as king forever and whose coming, in justice and righteousness, will purify our hearts.
0: Please stand to your able for our first hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, number 211. Isaiah
3: 9 2 6 through 7: The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulder, and he shall be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God.
0: Because the needles of pine and fir trees appear not to die each season, the ancients saw them as a sign of things that last forever. Isaiah tells us that there will be no end to the reign of the Messiah. Therefore, we hang these wreaths of evergreens shaped in a circle, which itself has no end, to signify the eternal reign of Jesus the Christ.
2: the Fourth Servant Song, Isaiah 53, 1-6 Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground, and had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
3: For Christians, the Isaiah passage reflects the sufferings of Jesus, who saved us from our sins by his death on the cross and by his resurrection from the dead. In past times, Holly and Ivy were seen as signs of Christ's passion, Their prickly leaves suggested the crown of thorns, the red berries, the blood of the Savior, and the bitter bark, the drink offered to Jesus on the cross. As we place the holly and ivy, let us rejoice in the coming of Jesus, our Savior. of the Incarnation John 1 1 through 5 9 through 14 in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being what was come into being in him was life and the life was the light of all people The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of the blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and he was seen. his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth.
2: As we prepare for the coming of Jesus, the light of the world, we light the Christmas tree. During this advent, wherever you see a lighted Christmas tree, let it call to mind the one who brings light to our darkness, healing to our brokenness, and peace to all who receive him.
0: Let's pray the congregational prayer together that's found in your bulletin. Holy Lord, we come with joy to celebrate the birth of your son, who rescued us from the darkness of sin by making the cross a tree of life and light. May this tree, arrayed in splendor, remind us of the life-giving cross of Christ, that we may rejoice in the new life that shines in our hearts. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
1: Isaiah 60, verses 2 through 3. The prophet Isaiah said, For the darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn.
3: We light this candle as a symbol of Christ our hope. May the light sent from God shine in the darkness to show us the way of salvation. O come, O come, Emmanuel.
0: It's now time to give our tithes and other offerings. Since I've been here, we've uh, done some sort of theme for maybe a couple weeks, and maybe a month, and maybe two months. The last one I think we did was three months. Um, but we're sort of in between things that we're doing, and so I thought this sermon could stand on its own, simply talking about meals, talking about Thanksgiving, talking about blessings. And I actually, as I said last Sunday, was going to work with it with the Sunday night Bible study group. And so we put this sermon together. So if you love it, you can uh, tell them thank you. If you thought it was so-so, you can talk to the Sunday night Bible group about it. (laughs) See how they (laughs) think. We are reading from Psalm 136, which can be found in the neighborhood of page 972 in your Bible. Some of our Bibles are a little different, but it should be right around there. We're going to do something that um, I haven't ever done before. I I don't know if you've done it before. But there's a phrase that I want you all to get accustomed to. And we're going to uh, take turns reading it. Because it happens throughout the entire psalm. The phrase is, His love endures forever. That being, God's love endures forever. And so, um, the first time I'm going to read it. And the second time I'd like you all to read it. And the third time, I'd like y'all to read it. And the fourth time, I'd like y'all to read it. And we'll just keep going around the horn. And don't worry, I'll point to you when it's your turn. So don't... I told 9 o'clock this. Don't do this. Don't say, uh, His love endures me. Read it. Say it like you mean it. I'll go first. Verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good his love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him alone does great wonders. His love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out upon the earth the great waters. His love Who made the great lights. His love endures forever. The sun to govern the day.
1: His love endures forever.
0: The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you all for doing that. I wasn't inclusive of the balcony. And for that I apologize. (laughs) We're going to fix it on the next round. The significance of the blessing before the meal, any meal, and any blessing, is that it draws the family together for perhaps a quiet moment. Maybe it was quiet when y'all blessed the meal. You thank uh, God for travel, for the table, for those that prepared the meal. In fact, we had sort of a busy week. We had a cookout Wednesday night at our house. Thursday we were at Katie's parents, and Friday we were at my house in Rock Hill. And so I'm typecast to do the sermon or do the um, prayer before every meal, the blessing. And so the thing that got me tickled was Wednesday because I so rarely prepare the meal that Wednesday when I cook the hamburgers, I said, and bless the hands that prepared it. Hold on, that's me. I'm the one that did that. (laughs) Bless the loving hands that prepared this meal. But The blessing today in this passage is a little different. It's, it's got a lot more detail, it's got a lot more theology, it's got a lot more history, it's got a lot more purpose. Every blessing matters. But this one is particularly significant uh, for a number of reasons. Um, for one, this first section is about God's wondrous creation. And there's a number of great things about starting with creation. So number one, it's beyond our action. It's beyond our understanding. It's often overlooked, but when we truly stop and we slow down and we see certain elements of creation, my goodness. You see the septins up here with the baby. You see a sun, the sun setting on the mountains. You see a beautiful tidal creek coming in or going out. And you wonder, how on earth did this happen? human tendency especially when gathering around a table or gathering in any sort is to occasionally bring up negative things that someone has done in years past which may or may not have a large or small scale you say remember when you did that dumb thing seven years ago let's talk about that again let's bring it up and let's laugh about it the other thing they want to do is bring up something that they did that was tremendous let's bring up again how i remember to do that great thing Um, 12 years ago and we celebrated basically annually, of how, this great thing that I've done. Now, you don't want to smile too hard or nod too hard around your family because they may notice that you're doing that while you're sitting around the table with them. But there's something amazing about recognizing God's creation. Number one, it's entirely positive. And number two, we had nothing to do with it. So you're starting with total gratitude for a thing over which... You had zero control. It existed long before me and will exist long after me. Psalms have a certain feel like songs on the radio do. They can either be filled with joy and everything's amazing. They can be filled with sadness and I've lost everything I've ever had. They can be filled with anger. How could you have done something so stupid? And Psalms are very similar. Psalms can be person to person. They can be person to God. And sometimes people get very honest and exhibit their pain to God. This one's a happy one. Let's look at verse 10. And uh, I I know there's not a lot of you out there, but I bet you're mighty. We're going to get you to say it. To him who struck down the firstborn of Egypt, his love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm.
2: His love endures forever.
0: There it is. To him who divided the Red Sea asunder his love. and brought Israel through the midst of it, his love. but swept Pharaoh and his army into the Red Sea, his love endures forever. Now how is this section different? It's remarkable delivery. They were in the most painful spot, in the most painful place. They called out to God and they said, we cannot take this anymore. We can't thrive here. We need to be liberated from this place. God called to Moses, who was way out in the wilderness, figuring he'd never do anything significant again. He came back in. Moses and Aaron spoke to Pharaoh. They said, we got to go. Pharaoh said, no. Nah. And they said, seriously, we got to go. Mm-mm. We got to go. No. Over and 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 over again until Pharaoh said go from the Passover. Then this text talks about splitting the water. It talks about creating a path, a place where they could travel. He said, God, you came to us and gave us a remarkable delivery. You ever make those deals with God that start, Hey God, if you will, whatever. If you, mm, if you do this for me, I will do some awesome things in the future. I mean immediately, like, like as soon as I get this thing, I will do awesome things. Sometimes we do it in total sadness and despair. Sometimes we do it in anger. But most often it starts with, God, if you'll do something. Of course, this denies the fact that God has already done amazing things. And this section ties back to Passover. This entire psalm ties back to Passover. This psalm is to be read, is to be prayed, is to be sung at the Passover meal to celebrate what God has done for God's people. In fact, one of the major phases of my call to ministry started with hey, if you'll do this, I'll do something too. In uh, somewhere Wednesday, Thursday range of the first week of my knob year at the Citadel, I said, if you'll get me through this week, I'll go to church on Sunday. And for every week that we stay here, that deal is on. I'll go to church on Sunday. And I'd gone to church probably 48 times a year or better with my parents for 18 years. But, of course, they woke me up, and they told me to get dressed, and they told me to get in the car, and they drove me there. This was my choice. And the crazy thing, I guess it's not that crazy being in a military school. The chapel time was 9 a.m. How many chapel times in colleges would be at 9 a.m. would be well attended? That would probably be uh, four. That would be the three service academies, BMI, five. Whatever military academy is probably going to have an early chapel service. And so I said, if you get me through this week, I'll go. And that's one of the, one, that's one of the times I lived up to it. But there's plenty of times that I said, oh, please, I, I've only got 15 minutes, and this trip takes 25, but please, please, you bargain. And you say, if you, then I will. The tremendous thing, as I said about this psalm, is it acknowledges what God has already done. Imagine a 12-year-old saying to the parent, hey, if you'll do something, then I'll think about doing something. What does the parent say? (laughs) You've been on full scholarship since before you were born. (laughs) With benefits. And trips. Okay? I'm going to need you to do it because of something I've already done uh, to this point. So let's look at the last section. Let's go backwards. To him who led his people through the wilderness, his love endures forever. To him who struck down great kings,
4: his love endures forever.
0: And killed mighty kings, his love endures forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, his love forever. and Og, king of Bashan. His love and gave their land as an inheritance. His love endures forever. An inheritance to, to his servant Israel. His love he remembered us in his low estate his love and freed us from our enemies. His love forever. He gives food to every creature. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Let's all say it. His love endures forever. Is that sinking in? How many times have y'all heard it? It's important to hear it. As a sermon title I put, Repetition May Bring Understanding. That's like when somebody said, Practice Makes Perfect. Well, perfect practice makes perfect. Okay? Actually hearing it, repetition... His love endures forever is important for humanity to hear. When someone thinks what I've done, what I've said, what I haven't done, what I haven't said, I'm not sure that God could use me as an instrument to bring about God's will. In a season of preparation, of preparing for God to come in the form of a baby, we need to understand that we are called to respond and that His love endured before we walk up before we answered, before we did anything, and His love continues to endure. So what's the phrase of this last segment? The one true constant in our lives. Think about how many things in your life shift. Think about how many things in your life you don't know exactly how it's going to work out. Okay, when you go down a a table with a number of dishes at a church function, and you're not certain what that thing is, do you take a scoop of it or more? Some people are adventurous. My first meeting ever at my first ever church was a covered-dish dinner. And I thought, well, I'm going to need to take some of everything because these people are watching. I took some of every little thing, I put it all on the plate, and then I took a bite of something that I thought it was. It wasn't that. And I would like to see video footage of how my face held it together. Like, did I, would I I get a D minus, C, B? How How'd I hold it together when I took a bite of that thing? See, my family will tell you that I'll eat a. I'd be fine choosing five things to eat for the rest of my life. Watching five or six shows for the rest of my life. Reading the same text for the rest of my life. I I like constants. There's so many things that shift in our life. Our health, our relationships, our work, our location, our church, what's going on in our community. This text talks about one true constant. Y'all ever heard of Sion, King of the Amorites? Anybody got anything on that? Uh, King of Bashan. Anybody know anything about him? So the interesting thing is that those two guys were two of the baddest guys in the land and the people of that time would think no one will ever be more significant than they are. Yet we don't know who they are. Yet we know about God's love and God's purpose and God's hope because God is the one true constant. Through creation... Through delivery, through constant presence, God's love endures forever. It's something that we need to take on. It's something that we need to take in. It's something that we need to understand for our very lives so that we can share it with our actions and our words throughout this season. What's your patience going to be like on the roads? What's your patience going to be like in the lines? What's your patience going to be like with your family, with your church, with your minister in this season? It's very similar to a marathon from now until Christmas. And endurance is something critical to a marathon, so I've heard, right? His love endures forever. Our love. Needs to reflect that enduring love when we interact with other human beings. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand as you're able for our final hymn. Lift up your heads, ye mighty gates. Number 213. Thank you all for all the ways that you led us in uh, our uh, hanging of the green service and for your leadership, Harriet. We appreciate that. It's a beautiful place and I look forward to worshiping in this place uh, throughout this season. I encourage you to come to as many services as you can, um, both 9 a.m. and 11. They're going to be different. They're going to be fun and they're going to capture the message of this season. And now go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, power and presence of our God and the grace, the love, the mercy, the hope, the justice, the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.